Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of 747 Conversations. It's your host, Chris Shembra, and we're so honored to have you here for this wonderful episode. For those of you that are coming back again, you know this is a podcast where we bring on great leaders to tell the stories that help them get to where they are today. Stories of gratitude, of connection, of empathy, of sacrifice, of service. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You're in for 35 to 40 minute conversation with a great leader who's a man of and for the people. If you look through our podcast archive, you'll see we're committed to bringing on people that have wonderful stories. You'll see we've brought in everything from Fortune 500 CEOs, Academy Award winners, Grammy Award winners, Super Bowl champions, mom and pop founders, and more. Now today, we encourage you to sit back, relax, and have a brief pause from the busy and productive life that you lead. If you haven't clicked that subscribe button, I encourage you to do so right now. Don't forget to leave a review. Those certainly help. Today, we've got a special guest, Colonel Dan. Now, it's a simple name to say, but he's not a simple man at all. He's a man who realizes there is no quick fix to any situation in life. He's a man who realizes life is about much more than being happy. He's a man that realizes that if he lives the life that God calls him to, he will find fulfillment. And he's prepared for something bigger on the other side of every storm he may find himself in. Today, we're talking about his new book, Flying to the Wind, How to Harness Faith and Fearlessness on Your Ascent to Greatness. This is a man who's flown or golfed or considers friends with President Bush, Jack Nicholas, Robin Williams, the whole nine yards, a man who has spent his life in honor of others, whether as a two-time Top Gun Award recipient, Ellis Island Medal of Honor recipient, multiple tours in Iraq, a PGA professional with a cool nickname to boot. We'll get into that later. But as the CEO and founder of the great Folds of Honor, a wonderful foundation that's awarded approximately 29,000 scholarships in their short history, over $145 million of educational impact. He found success in faith, his family, his community, the military, the PGA Tour, or the PGA Professionals of America, and here serving the men and women just like you. I'm excited for this conversation because he's a man who's overcome great obstacles and he's found gratitude along the way. So strap in, 
I can't promise you Mach 2.1 speed, but it should be a pretty entertaining conversation. Colonel Dan, I almost called you Lieutenant Dan. Colonel Dan, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Wow, blessed to be with you. And what I can promise is that we will slow down together. And I love that uh, reminder uh, in the setup here to ultimately speed up. Yes. And uh, blessed to be with you. And what a great day to be an American. It's um, your slow down to speed up uh, part of your lifestyle or uh, uh, kavu of lifestyle. We'll, we'll get into later and I'll tell you my Italian interpretation of slow down to speed up. But uh, Colonel Dan, we have to start off the podcast with a simple question. And for those of you who are coming back again, you know the question. For those of you who are coming anew, this is the question we dedicate our entire life to. This is the question we've used to spark over 500,000 relationships around the dinner table in the last six years and invites a brief pause and a moment of reflection. Colonel Dan, if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, that you've never thought to thank who would that be and i know you're a man of great gratitude great faith and so i encourage you to think of someone that's not in your books that's not on your in your you know daily gratitude list with your wife um or, or with god who would that be that you've never thought of <laughs> so it just popped into my head, right? Uh, hey. Mrs. Mrs. Wachowitz, who was my junior uh, in high school, my English teacher, she was a Harvard grad. Um, and she did something that probably instilled this resilient heart in me at a, at a new level. She let us rewrite all of our papers at the end of the year and turn them in for a new grade. And how prophetic that is in life, because we're never done writing, right? And if you have a resilient heart to continue to work uh, on your life story, extraordinary things can happen. Would you be able to use that, that grade going forward, or would you be stuck with nope, the, new grade. the original? New grade. New grade. Did anybody so, ever catch on to that? Uh, I don't, you know, it wasn't, I think she was like, hey, you know, don't pass this on to the next class. Because she didn't want people not to make an effort. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what a powerful message to a 17-year-old. And uh, it's never done, right? And if you continue to work regardless of the initial outcome, um, great things can happen. I've never mm. thanked her and I went on to write two books. I should probably thank her for that too. Cause she taught me a little bit about writing a very little bit because mm. <laughs> I'm not a great writer. That's a hard thing for a fighter pilot to, uh, to do, but uh, managed to write from the heart in my book, which we'll talk about. Um, and I think it's an every person's language, which is one of the reasons it's really resonated uh, with, uh, with people, but Mrs. Wachowitz Mrs. never Wachowitz. thanked. Never thought about thinking. I have no idea if she's still alive, where she is, um, but what an impression she made on me. Thank you for that, Colonel Dan. And 
I'd like to ask two brief questions before we move forward. Uh, you know, one is, what do you think inspired her to give people second chances? What do you, what do you, um, if you had to sit on your $85 chair and visualize her life, not your cockpit chair, we'll get to that in a little bit. If you had to sit on your $85 chair and visualize her life right now with historical imagination, what do you think, who do you think gave her a second chance? What do you think she had to overcome in order to give second chances to y'all? You know, I, I don't know her past. Um, the, but it, but the fact that a Harvard grad would go teach high school English in Stillwater, Oklahoma, hmm. there was something very altruistic in her heart because we know you can do pretty much anything you want to do with a Harvard degree. And so I think she had a, a, a beautiful heart and where that came from struggles in her life. Um, I don't know. Um, but I, her conviction was probably simply. I wanted people to leave this class as the best writer they can be and let them redo it. I'll work with them on it. And it's one last chance as they leave my class forever to polish the stone, if you will, of the writing capacity and then teach that life lesson about um, second chances. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story. My second question and follow up, just to close out this part of the conversation, you know, on uh, in your book, um, one of the sections you talk about is um, in drag number four about the ego is to always give credit where credit is due. Colonel Dan, in life. If we have a moment of feeling an authentic, intrinsically moment, uh, intrinsically motivated moment of gratitude for someone, but that someone has either passed away or we've lost contact with, where giving thanks back to them might be pretty hard. What should we do with that feeling? or that wanting to give credit? How do we pay that forward? How do we keep their legacy alive? What do we do instead of paying it back? Yeah, I think, Chris, I mean, you nailed it. It's Our lives are all about our legacy, right? And we're here for a very brief time. But but what outlasts our, our human runway? And in the case of Mrs. Wachowicz, right, um, you know, whether she was responsible for part of it, I'm sure, but this, this empathetic heart to um, encourage people to, to, to keep working, uh, to keep trying and, and be your best and, and not be so judgmental. So from my perspective, paying forward that lesson is the ultimate way to honor her. And I think she would appreciate it much more than you know, me picking up the phone and saying, hey, thanks for doing this for me. Um, you made a difference in my life. She would be very excited to know, hey, you changed my life and I've used this to change other people's lives. And that's it. I mean, all of us have had somebody believe in us. And I think we, that is a, this divine echo 
um, that we're all responsible for putting back into the world when someone believes in you, you believing in other people um, along the way and paying forward that gift. Whew. Colonel Dan, that's powerful. You know, it, it sounds like you you live for something greater than yourself. And gosh, golly, you wrote a whole book about it, right? You talked about resilience. You talked about purpose. You talk about legacy, right? It's time for people who are listening to this podcast to realize we need to stop living for our resume. And we need to start living for our legacy. Our legacy is something far bigger than ourselves. Our legacy is the impact we have on this life using our true gifts. And there's ways of harnessing, developing, and deploying. (laughs) I used a military word. Deploying those true gifts. And Colonel Dan has an operating system for that. It is the operating system that if you were sitting in front of the computer like I am, you'd be looking at a Zoom username and seeing a four-letter word. Not Colonel Dan, but you would be seeing his ethos for life. Now, this ethos is the backdrop of this entire award-winning book I am holding in my hand with testimonials from Danica Patrick, Gary Woodland, Sean Hannity, and President George H.W. Bush. Colonel Dan, what is that operating system? What are those four letters? And why would you write this book about it? Yeah, so CAVU, a crazy little acronym, actually, not even a word, uh, stands for Ceiling and Visibility Unlimited. And uh, the last brief we get as fighter pilots, as you mentioned, I've been flying fighters for 22 years, uh, still in the Air Force um, today. It's going to be 49 here in a couple months. Mm. So I tell people, don't be a prisoner of common assumption, right? Age is just the number. Take care of yourself. Be fit to fight. And you can defy the odds. Look at a guy like Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Um, But CAVU for me um, was created, as you mentioned, um, during a life storm that I was in that lasted a good decade um, and was triggered by me almost killing myself in an F-16. And in an ominous way, everything just kind of started to fall apart around me. And up until that point, and I say this very humbly, you know, I'd simply identified goals and I had achieved them. Uh, very much living a life for myself. And as you would call it, your, your resume, but I was addicted to achieving and, and doing, uh, but very myopic in, in my approach. Um, so uh, this term CAVU, ceiling and visibility unlimited, are these perfect blue sky days. So for me, it's like, how do I find CAVU in the midst of my life storm? And whether the people listening or in a storm or they're in a great period of life, the common denominator of humanity is we will all struggle, man. The storm, mm-hmm. if it hasn't gotten there, it will come, right? Challenges, resistance, it's, it's all part of this walk of life. And for me, it was like, man, I'm in this storm. I can't get out. There's no quick fix, but I want to find Cavu in my heart. And so um, 
this cavu that I outline in Fly Into the Wind is comprised of 10 LOEs or lines of effort, 10 things that I could do every single day to find fulfillment, um, regardless if happiness wasn't unattainable. I think happiness is super overrated. Uh, yeah. there's, nowhere, there's nowhere in the Bible that God says, <laughs> I want you to be happy. Um, that, that is just this, you know, this human construct of, of social media and everything else, man, I want to be happy. That's not our role, man. Your, your role is to be a vessel of impact and to be fulfilled, which is such a bigger, more beautiful emotion than simply being happy. And Hey, we all want to be happy. That's good, but it's not attainable. I would argue, uh, with, great consistency. And then so when we're not happy, you feel like something's wrong in your life. I'm a huge believer that these the challenge and resistance, uh, hence the title of the book, Fly Into the Wind. I fly the most powerful jet in the world, one of them. And we take off into the wind because we still need resistance to ascend, to break ground. And so many people look at, oh man, this challenge in my life, this problem, you know, God is keeping me down. Why me? Why is this happening? I flip that on its head and say, these challenges are made to help you ascend, to raise you up, to help you evolve, to help you find humility and lose yourself along the way. And Cavu is um, just that, right? Ceiling and visibility unlimited. Every day is an unlimited gift. And it is up to us to live um, like um, there is no tomorrow guaranteed because there isn't, right? And the uh, we're not going to be here forever, certainly, but we're only here today. And it is about living by a code, living intentionally. And God called me to share how I live every day. And uh, the the response has just been amazing helping people empower their own lives and find fulfillment every day, regardless of circumstance around us, which for the most part is completely out of our control. Mm. Oh, there were so many nuggets in there. Um, <laughs> first of all, the, the, the ability that to understand that you know, something is, there are many things outside of your control yet, there are so many things within your control. I have the serenity prayer um, actually written on my arm. And for those of you who aren't familiar, it's, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, what Colonel Dan's talking about is that you must have extreme ownership on those things that you can control. Yet you must have a faith in a higher power or God of your own understanding um, to know that the, the, the universe or God will show you your path. And you can't necessarily control it. You just have to be able to respond to it. And you have to have the wisdom to know the difference. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. And understand, hey, your life's going to suck a lot of times. Uh, uh, and don't let, that, don't let that get you down, man. Everybody is dealing with it and your life will be defined. Your legacy will be written by what you're doing when it doesn't go your way. Mm -hmm. So don't look at them as problems, become a problem solver, welcome it into your life, understanding that it is divinely appointed. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's up to us to navigate through those storms. And, uh, but every day there are still things that you are in total 
control of and do not blow with the winds, if you will. And that's mm-hmm. where I think people really get off track. They're like, oh man, I can't do this today. Look what's happening in my life. That's a bunch of BS. You have choices that you can make every day living in this wonderful country, having given the gift of free will and don't let circumstance and problems rob you of that gift. Mm-hmm. Now for all the listeners who are, uh, are kind of sitting there saying, well, well, golly, Colonel Dan, um, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I'm trying to get, get by day to day. I, I don't have, I don't have as much, uh, maybe upward mobility or I don't have as big of an access to community as maybe the two people on the call. How, you know, what are some simple choices I can make in my day to day life to take that ownership, develop that routine? Colonel Dan, your, your LOEs range from large, broad legacy driving stuff to also small, intentional choices you can make on a daily basis where you wake up every day looking to do the hardest thing first. Now, tell me a, like a small little thing that someone can do, um, for instance, in their daily ritual, you know, creating a routine for peak performance, they can get people to start on the path of, of doing that next hard thing. Yeah, well, it's easy. Prayer. Yeah. I don't care if you're sitting in your lazy boy if you can't get out of the house, um, there is awesome power in, in our God. And that, and that is at the backbone. And oh, by the way, we're all living day to day, right? Um, that, that's humanity. Um, but for me, there are a lot of non-negotiables, but prayer and doing something physically to, to prepare your body. And those are two massive barriers that take time, depending on where you are in your life but everything starts somewhere. And when you talk about two easy things, and I don't care what's going back and forth in a mailbox, right? Going on a walk with your dog, um, but prayer um, and praying. My first prayer of the day, my feet hit the bed. I pray that I will lose myself and that I will have the passion and the vision and the energy to be a vessel of impact. Mm -hmm. That's a simple thing. I start Mm. every day in that same place. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you're reading, uh, if not, if you're reading along, if you're listening along and you haven't quite um, purchased his book with all the links in the bio below, I definitely encourage you to do so. But Colonel Dan is referencing one of his chapters in his book on one of the LOEs on uh, chair flying, face the what ifs, positive vision cast, and developing developing a routine for peak performance. You know, my friend Stephen Kotler is a great, great, great expert, one of the world's leaders in peak performance. And he and he um, he runs something called the Flow Consciousness Institute. The Flow Research Institute. His clients are Bill Clinton, Elon Musk, Bill Gates. You name it. He is he is on peak performance with them. And these visualizations and these routines are very small yet very impactful ways that you can up-level you know, your life. Um, and so that's in the chair flying kind of section of the book. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is <clears throat> when you're, uh, 
was earlier in the book, and I, and I can't find it while flipping through, but you, you quote the line, fear begins before the war. And it, 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 was, it was in reference to you saying goodbye to your family before one of your deployments. But I want to explain this concept to the audience that um, stress and anxiety, you know, the post-traumatic kind of stuff that happens doesn't occur from the event itself. It occurs from our response or anticipation of that event. So for instance, you having something bad happen to you isn't what creates trauma. It's our response to that event itself. Would you say that's true? Yeah, it is. Uh, obviously, if someone is shooting at you, like I've had a lot in my life, uh, that gets you pretty stressed out um, in mm -hmm. the moment. But yeah, and we always say when we deploy, we can't wait for the clock to start um, counting toward coming home as opposed to going there because getting ready to deploy are, I think, the by far the most stressful because I've got mm -hmm. a wife and I've got five daughters and just the what ifs in our mind, which, which can paralyze us in everyday life. Forget about deployments, right? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And, and we stay stuck. Um, and it's an old, you know, adage, but, um, you know, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's just moving forward despite it. Um, and so kissing my five daughters goodbye and my wife goodbye is by far the hardest thing I've ever done in the context of combat in my life. Way harder than any mission I ever flew, bomb I ever dropped, that galvanizing moment of just the what if was so heavy. Um, hardest thing I've ever done. And I had to do it three times for three combat tours um, in Iraq, but we, we do it because it matters. And there's a half a percent of this country that wakes up every day willing to say exactly that. I will die for you and I will die for this country. And thank God we've got this group of people defending the other 99.5% um, of America that are willing to kiss their families and their friends and leave everything that matters. You talk about a biblical calling, right? Look at Jesus and the disciples and what he asked them to do, um, to go out and fight for our country, for our families, for our faith, and obviously our freedoms. And so <clears throat> if someone is having a constant what-if situation, an anxiety or a fear of uncertainty for their future, how do you best invite them to get through that? For instance, what you... Um, what you were able to do is harness and it's in your LOE number five, reach learned effective. Um, you, you realized that the anxiety and the fear of the unknown, that fear before the war started would then transition into you being in the belly of the beast you being in one of the greatest pressure situations a human being could ever face or withstand. And, and instead of feeling unmoored and, and afraid, you would let the pressure push you 
to be more focused, to be more efficient, to be a to be a fighter, to be a soldier, to stand up. How can you tell me about that? I mean, first of all, I love that you actually talk about the um, the the idea that pressure on top of the wing is what actually causes lift. You know, it's like in golf. I'm a golfer too. And they always yeah. say in golf, in order to get the ball to go up, you must hit down, right? And so can you talk to me about, and Aldous Huxley calls this the law of reversed effort, right? It's, a, you know, it's the harder we try with the consciousness to, conscious will to do something, the less we shall succeed. Um, how do you, how do you go from being afraid and anxious before the war? to then using pressure to inspire you and to focus you? And how can people do that on a micro scale in their own life today? Yeah, because I mean, the pressure is going to be there, right? And so often we try to run from it. We do breathing exercises. Oh, I just want to be calm. I mean, you don't do great things when you're calm, right? You do great things. Pressure is like God's Superman suit that he gives all of us. So be like, embrace it, right? It is there. Don't fight it um, and harness that energy and that pressure um, to go do great things. Um, and that's as, as simple as, as I can say it. And I try to run from it. It's like, oh, this is an uncomfortable feeling. Ooh, I, you know, I'm nervous. I, you know, I got this in my belly. I got it in my mind. And then you realize, man, this is a gift. I can do extraordinary things under pressure. So use this energy to go out and do those great things. Don't try to get rid of pressure um, in our lives. And I would go back to, you know, how do, how do I get started? There's another reference in, in the book. I talk about parasitic drag, mm-hmm. which is, again, is an, is an aviation <laughs> term, right? So when Chuck Yeager was trying to break the sound barrier, there was all kinds of literally pressure as he was trying to break through the speed of sound. Um, but he was able to eliminate uh, and change the wing foil on the Bell X1 to eliminate what we call an aviation parasitic drag. Um, so translate that to our lives is we all have parasitic drag in our lives. And I'm, in, I'm at war with this every day, right? This never stops. This is the crap in our lives that hold us back. It can be people um, in our lives that aren't good for us that tell us it'll never work. Why it'll never work. It can be, um, the, the way we eat, uh, it can be alcohol. It can be shopping. It can be, you know, pornography. It can be, you know, a host of stuff that, you know, isn't good for you. It doesn't help you evolve to become that person. You could be, you should be in literally honestly inventorying what that parasitic drag is in your life and systematically getting rid of it. And the key here is you just can't get rid of something and not replace it with something. I'll give you a perfect example. For me, it was like, you know, I'm super disciplined with the way I eat all day long until 8.30 at night, not like a lot of people, (laughs) right? And I wander into my pantry and I'm like, oh man, those Oreos, because I got five daughters in the house. There's crappy food in our house all the time. And they're just sitting there. And I was in this pattern where I'd like to eat to get to the sedentary place and I would, you know, to slow my mind down. And so I'm like, I can't continue to do this. This is, I feel bad about it. It makes me feel like crap in the morning. So I'm robbing tomorrow, today, that kind of mentality. So I was like, what do I do? 
So I was like, okay, so every night at 8.30, I'm not going to go do this, but I'm going to take my dog and I'm going to go on a walk. So you can't quit something without replacing it. That is like human conscious, such an important step. And I talk about that in, um, in this book, but getting rid of parasitic drag in our lives, the stuff that holds us down, and then understanding that pressure is a gift, right? And harness that pressure. Don't run from it. Don't be afraid of it. Um, and uh, use that to propel you forward in the spirit of doing awesome stuff in our lives. Mm. You know, it's um, there's so many cool, uh, you know, new uh, new lingo in the book. By the way, that when when you read it, you will learn how uh, applicatory uh, flying fighter jets is to life. Right. And yeah, and it's, it's the it's, ragged edge of the envelope. <laughs> the life ragged, is a ragged edge. I like that. Now, you know, you talk about in this book, um, so many other LOEs that we won't get to, um, on this call. What's one of your favorite LOEs that is a non-negotiable to talk about today as we start to close out? Um, so there's, there's two, I'm going to start with the first one, um, living faith forward. Um, everything changed for me. So when I was in this horrible dark storm in my life, you know, going to mass on Sunday, I'm Catholic. I don't care what your religion is. doesn't matter. Um, and I, I was just getting crushed and I, I got this very clear message back. And it says, if, if you need me, you have to take me with you. Um, and I started living faith forward in the, in a world full of cancel everything, right? One of the, you know, unacceptable things to talk about now is our faith because it might offend somebody. But if you look mm -hmm. at the Bible, man, it calls us all over the place. Take your faith with you. And as reference to scripture, right? When two or more are gathered and my name is mentioned, I am there. So I'm like, okay, I'm all in. So literally every interaction I have, I take my faith. And that's whether you call my voicemail right now on my phone and be like, hey, I'm out living the day the Lord has made, leave me a message. When I go get my Starbucks coffee this afternoon, um, when they ask me, how are you today? I'm going to tell them I am blessed. How are you? And it stops people in their tracks, right? Just that little intentional moment, every interview, every discussion I have with my team, I will always bring my faith. And it changed everything in my life, Chris. I mean, everything, because when you take your faith with you, God is with you all the time. And the cup is mm -hmm. overflowing um, by far the biggest thing um, in my life is living faith forward. And you don't have to do it in an evangelical way. I'll give you two quick antidotes. So I was with Kid Rock. Um, his real name's Bob Ritchie, uh, who's a great fold supporter. And uh, he was like, hey, man, he said, Noonan, I love your church. Um, because your church inspires me to do good, doesn't judge me for falling short. Hmm. And on the other guardrail, I play golf with Toby Mack, who's, you know, the Michael Jackson of Christian music, amazing guy, um, massive star. And uh, we were having a conversation um, last week on the golf course. And he said, you know, every interaction you have um, leaves you with a feeling and there's no neutral in there. Either you are giving either feeding that person you interact with or you are taking away. And I just, I love that. Just these little things that we can do. Every interaction you have, leave it better than you found it by bringing your faith 
in a positive, uplifting, inspirational way, not judging. Hear that loud and clear, judge and you will be judged. I work every day not to judge anybody. I got enough problems of my own in this world that's so quick to judge, so quick to tear things down. Be careful, right? Because those people will be judged. They're going to get theirs. But go forth and live a life of example, inspiration. And if you want massive change in your life, take your faith with you in a positive way and be brave when you do it. Mm. Amen, Colonel Dan. Thank you for helping us understand that we are allowed to believe, we are allowed to have faith, and it doesn't, it shouldn't reflect on your interpretation, on someone else's interpretation of what that is, uh, what it looks like, how you call it, how you describe it. We have a habit of seeing people as objects, not as people in this world. And if you live every day uh, trying to overcome that, and try to humanly connect with others. You know, so so much of your book is around social well-being and build building your squadron and finding your tribe and developing relationships with your wingman and your family, um, and 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 that's a life well lived. All of our lives may look different. We may believe in different things, um, but as Colonel Dan just said, he doesn't care what your religion is. Right. Life must be a life of service with integrity and honor and gratitude and all these great things. Colonel Dan, I have to ask you a question in closing. If um, if if someone wanted to support you going forward, what is because part of your book talks about the power of asking for help or the comfortability of asking for help? Um, what kind of help do you need going forward? Yeah, number one, uh, pray for our mission, Folds of Honor. Uh, we've got 35,000 recipients now, You know, $200 million in life-changing education to these spouses and children who've had somebody killed or disabled. That is my calling. It is my vocation. If you want to support us financially, foldsofhonor.org, you know, join our squadron. We ask people to donate 13 bucks a month. Um, that ties back to the folded flag that has 13 folds that, that mm-hmm. gets it there. Um, and Or they can uh, pick up Fly Into the Wind, which also goes back to support um, Folds of Honor. And you know, my hope and prayer for this book is that uh, first and foremost, it finds its way to young people. Um, they're, they're just uh, so bombarded. And, um, and this is just such a great roadmap of how to live a life of impact and fulfillment in a world that is just full of noise and negative influence. Um, and uh, so uh, they can pick up Fly Into the Wind anywhere. You, you can buy books. You can uh, you pick up a copy of that. Know that you're supporting Folds of Honor as, uh, as well. And um, I'll leave you with one last thought. Right, The number one regret on people's deathbed um, is, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. And my prayer for everybody listening is they can live a life true to themselves and slow down, figure out what that looks like, and you will speed up ultimately in extraordinary ways in, uh, in life. Mm. 
Colonel Dan, thank you for closing out that way. Uh, you live a life of purpose. You live a life of integrity. And to all our listeners, I hope you realize uh, that kind of life is not that far off. Right? It starts with a small choice today. It starts with developing a routine. It starts with looking into your life, your past negative choices, past failures, past regrets and guilts, and actively processing those. Look, I don't have the answers for that, but some of those answers are in Colonel Dan's book, Flying to the Wind, and you'll see that link in the bio below. But it's so correlated you know, to what we practice here at 747. Our whole thought leadership is on gratitude, not necessarily the positive side of gratitude, like I'm grateful for my health, I'm grateful for this food, I'm grateful for my family. That is nice. That feels good. But there's another side of gratitude that we are so bullish on, which is how to use gratitude to gratefully process unpleasant negative life experiences. How do you give gratitude to that ex-boss? How do you give gratitude to that failed something? How do you give gratitude to that person that made you feel left out or lonely? When you can give gratitude to the positive consequences that come from that adversity, you will get through it. You will develop resilience and courage and hope and pride and optimism, self-efficacy. And that is the way forward, right? Colonel Dan quoted something about, you know, getting through an obstacle is how you develop courage. You know, we always quote the great Marcus Aurelius, emperor of Rome from 2000 years ago. And he says, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. So fly into that wind. Look for the uphill moments in your life, because when you get through those, you will develop pride and optimism. Life isn't about connecting with others when everything looks quote unquote perfect. No, it's sharing those vulnerabilities, connecting to others in meaningful and authentic ways, and supporting your brothers and sisters along the ride of their journey. This will develop connection, social cohesion, communal resources. So thanks for tuning in. Look, Colonel Dan is a hero. He is a man who has defended our country with bravery and honor. He also knows how to use a sandwich. He's a, pe- he's a person like you and me. So check out his book. Apply the principles that he has into your life. And feel free to write in with any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. I'll be sure to pass them around to Colonel Dan. We thank you for showing up here today. Look, you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to be here with us, and I thank you for that. Brief reminder to please hit that subscribe button. If you liked what you heard here today, share it with your friends. And take a look at the other episodes in our archive for some awesome stories on how some of our country's great leaders have come to where they are today with the help of others. Thanks for tuning in. I hope y'all are having a phenomenal day on earth. Remember, folks, it's your world. Go explore, and we'll see you next episode.